Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Today's episode is inspired by our loyal listener and subscriber, Yanni. Mariani. Um, I'm giving you a shout out, girl, because I just love the question that you asked me. And if you're interested in the topic of pricing, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper as to how do you figure out how to price properly, right? Because I think sometimes this becomes a really big stumbling block to understand the transformation and the value of the transformation, but more importantly, the downside. So this is what Yanni had asked. Uh, Can you please elaborate more on the downsides of charging hourly versus package or bundle rates? And I think this is a great question because chances are, friend, you might be wondering the same thing because I know that when I'm working with clients, it is, you know, you you might understand the theory of it, but how do you actually apply this and how do you make sure that you're not undercharging even when you are doing packages or bundles or outcome and value-based pricing, okay? So that's what we're talking about today. So I want you to grab your paper and your pen because this is going to be a bit of a doozy. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it as short and impactful as possible so you don't get overwhelmed by all the different options. But what I want you to understand, and I think we might have a podcast episode that also dives into value-based, like how to understand value. The question here that I wanted to really dive into is, you know, what happens when you have a package that you have sold? that you have accounted for, that you have budgeted your time for, right? So let's give an example of, let's say you are a web designer or even a health coach, where there is a set amount of time that you have put aside that you think that this opportunity is going to take for you to deliver the service. Because here's the thing, once you have made a sale, you now have a debt obligation in terms of servicing the client. Something needs to be delivered. So whether it's a product, you have to actually make sure that it gets shipped to them or a service, you need to make sure the service is provided. You have a debt obligation. The money has not yet been earned until you fulfill your end of the bargain. So what ends up happening when that doesn't quite match up? When what you have sold and the number of hours of work that you think that it's gonna take, it actually takes longer. Or in some examples, the client starts asking for more. Because I'm gonna tell you as a coach consultant, (laughs) because I do a combination of mentorship, strategy work, coaching and consulting. So I'm a bit of a unicorn in that depending on the situation, I'm gonna use whatever tool is available in my toolkit. And I'm gonna guess, that chances are you might be a little bit of a hybrid too. And that means some of what you do is very specific to how you work with your clients. The number one thing that gets in the way for coaches, consultants, and people that are doing 
service-based work where you're working directly with your clients or customers in whatever capacity that looks like, it could be one-to-one or one-to-many, is what I call scope creep. It means that the scope of the work that you have put together, like if you were to put it in a box, the things that you want to include inside of that box, it originally in that package fits nice and neat. You can close the lid and it's all contained. But as you start doing work for a client, what you start to realize is it's like you're pulling like a loose thread from a sweater. Has anybody ever done that? Just me? (laughs) Where you start to pull the thread and you realize, oh my gosh, it's starting to unravel. Oh my goodness. Like now that thread has become this whole huge pile. And what that looks like in your business is the client starts to ask for one thing. And that spills over into another thing. And that looks like an add-on here or another request here. And what you originally envisioned that you had sold and actually got paid for is now no longer fitting inside that nice, neat container of a package. It has now exploded. And as a result, you are now finding yourself working way more hours, doing way more things that you did not anticipate. Does this sound familiar at all? Because I surely can't be the only one that has ever experienced this. Now, what I know is that typically the first few times, right, when you're doing something new for the first time, you may not realize all of the different components that may come up. That is totally okay. But as you get more experience in your business, what I need you to do is realize that there's always an opportunity for you to do more. It's actually one of the best sources of you to be able to get more sales and turn one client into three. We're going to talk about this uh, and dive in deeper in an upcoming episode. But for today, what I want you to understand is that you are in charge. It is your expertise that is required. And as a result, you have to be able to make sure that you maintain the boundary of what it was that you promised you would deliver. Now, if in fact, what you have to deliver is contingent upon something else that you have not included, you have two paths. You can either decide self, I made a mistake and This is essential for me to deliver the final outcome that I promised. And so I need to include it. And you kind of suck that up as a learning opportunity. And you include that now moving forward for any future deals, packages, services that you are going to sell and you price it accordingly. You budget accordingly for your own time and your effort and your expertise. The other option is that if it's not essential, if it is not something that will affect the outcome, but it could actually enhance it, go back and ask the client because it could be an add-on service. It could be an upsell. It could be the next thing that the client actually works with you and purchases from you on. But again, you can't just willy-nilly throw things in and not expect there to be consequences. It's going to take up more time. It's going to take up more effort. It's going to take up more energy. And if you keep doing this over and over again, because here's the thing that I need you to understand, your clients don't understand all the nitty gritty details, nor should they. They don't need to know that level of information. But if they don't realize that you have added now, like maybe your original package has five specific components. And as you've gone through, you've realized, oh my goodness, I've added on double the amount. So an additional five. So you've done double the amount of work, 
double the amount of enhancements, but your client never really knows that because that's all behind the scenes. And really and truly, all they see is the five that they've paid for. They're not going to value what it is that you've delivered to the extent that you've given them double. They're not going to doubly, you know, appreciate what it was that you have now just provided to them. Unless you communicate this, unless you create the boundary of that container in saying like, here's the box that we agreed upon and here's what fits into that box. And as you go through the work with them, you realize, gosh, there's things that shouldn't fit in that box and I've done it anyways. Well, again, sometimes we have to go through those learning experiences. The only thing that I can uh, give you right now is to say that if it's taking you longer than what you anticipate, you need to know that upfront. But once you, once you know that, you need to build that in for future contracts, negotiations, and packages. So oftentimes, the first time out, like with anything else, is a little bit shaky. It's a little bit wobblier. It's a little bit uncertain. And it may take you more time. Because when you're doing something over and over again, it can take more time for you to learn, for you to research, for you to implement all of the things. I just think back to when my kids were little and when they first learned how to walk, gosh, to walk around the block, sometimes it was painful, right? Because it's stand and stop and stand and stop, walk a few steps and then they fall. And then we do this whole exercise again and they would just keep going. And I think sometimes as business owners, we forget that there's a journey, there's a progression and to give yourself grace and to also give yourself some margin. So while you can't account for every single minute of every single day necessarily, nor do I want you to, to, to really, I mean, this is not an exercise in doing that. The one thing that I will say that will help you right now before you get to that point is to start tracking your time. This is not a matter of you becoming like, you know, a lawyer where uh, you're billing to this every six minute segment. This is about you setting expectations with yourself first and then with your clients so that you understand how long it takes you to do certain tasks so that you're not undercharging and undervaluing your time because time is the most precious thing. It's the most precious resource that we have. And it's something that you can't replicate. You can replicate yourself and the knowledge and the skills. And so you can hire other people that can do certain things. Absolutely. That could be a proxy for your time. But ultimately, you can't replace your time 100%. So what is it that you want to be able to charge? What is it that the value of the transformation belongs to? And how do you communicate this to your clients when you are consistently going above and beyond? You are allowing yourself to go and do scope creep, which means that you are creeping outside of that box. You are going outside of the parameters of your coaching relationship or your services agreement, and that you are adding in a lot of extras that simply should not be there. Not because you can't do it, but because it doesn't make sense for you to do that and still get paid what the value is worth, right? What the transformation is worth. And so what I want you to know is that you have to understand, number one, how much time does it take you? Number two, that your time will get faster as you do it more often. And really and truly, it doesn't really matter how long it takes because it's more about the value of the transformation. So what I'll, I'm going to end with a couple of quick examples. 
I have uh, a team member who is, well, I have multiple team members. Uh, a lot of them are, are overseas. And here's the thing. I find that a lot of folks think that just because you're hiring overseas, that there is a certain dollar amount attached. And so I don't ascribe to that. I think it's based off of the value of the work that is required and what your budget will allow. So it's very similar to how your clients are making decisions, right? What is the value of what it is that you can provide to me? And how much do I actually have available to spend with you? Because there are some real budget constraints that people have or should have. And so when we take that into consideration, uh, just because I'm hiring somebody from overseas doesn't mean I'm hiring them for two or three or four dollars. It really depends on the skill set, the knowledge, and the opportunity that they're fulfilling for me. So I will, I have somebody who actually has no background in marketing, in sales, in digital services. And yet when I hired him, he came to me and said, here's how much I want to be be paid, right? It wasn't the lowest dollar amount, it wasn't the highest dollar amount, it was somewhere right in the middle. And even though he had no experience, the value to me to have somebody who was willing to learn, who would be quick, who was motivated, who was driven and committed to helping me grow my business, I, I can't even give you a price tag on that. And as a result, he's been able to do so many things in my business. Now, here's the thing. What I want you to understand is that when he first started in my business, it took him a long time to do certain things. So he does a lot of my tech stuff. So I'm giving KP, KP, hi. I'm giving you a shout out because you're an essential member of my team. But as an example, if he was to create a landing page, right, a simple landing page with a thank you page, it originally would take, you know, between five and maybe 10 hours to do all of the, the components, including hooking it up with my email service provider and doing the design of it, making sure that it, all of the automations were firing and working. And now he can do that in a matter of maybe two hours, two hours. So when you are charging hourly, it actually penalizes you for doing the work faster. Right. And so what I want you to consider is that when you are working with packages or uh, retainer offers, it really allows your clients to have the luxury of being able to say, I don't really care how long it takes you to do this because I want the end result. I want the transformation or the value of the result and the benefit, the deliverables that you have promised to me. And if you discover that the first time out, that it's taking you a lot longer than what you anticipated, then you need to build in a bit of a bigger buffer. But you also need to make sure that you're pricing not according to just the time that it takes you, right? It's 10 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours, 50 hours, 100 hours. It should be based off of what does the value help that person to accomplish, achieve, believe, feel, or do. And when you understand that, so if we go back to the example of a website designer or even a health coach, because I know sometimes it becomes really hard when you think, well, gosh, I don't directly help people make money, right? So both of these examples, you don't have a direct impact necessarily on helping somebody make money. You have a complementary effect, 100%, but it's not directly, if you have a website, I will help you make X amount of dollars, right? 
a lot of people who have a business, they need to have a website. And if you're doing an e-commerce site, this is totally different. But for the purposes of our example today, we're going to keep it as simple as possible. So as a website designer, maybe it takes you a certain amount of time to get a whole website fully functioning. Maybe that's a three-page or a five-page website. What's the value to somebody who has decided, I have to have a website? Why do they need to have that website? What can it help them accomplish? What are they not currently doing as a result of missing that as part of their digital footprint? And then you price accordingly, knowing that it has to be worthwhile for you too, because there is a certain amount of time investment that you're going to be putting in. There's a certain amount of care. There's a certain amount of research. There's a certain amount of just like sitting down at the computer and plugging away and doing the thing already, right? So if you don't take that into account to say, how much money is this worth for me to be able to actually deliver the service? Then it's really important that you take that into account. Do you enjoy it? Because I'm going to tell you that I have a client right now that asked about a service that isn't currently on her roster. It's not something that she has even thought about doing. And it's one of her mentors, one of her other mentors that had asked her to provide the service to her. And she said, you know what? I'm just going to charge whatever I want. It's a small amount. It's really more of a, um, a gesture than anything else. And it's simply because she wants to be able to value herself. She wants her mentor to value her time and her expertise, but it would be something that she would do for free anyways, because she simply loves the opportunity. It's something that she loves doing uh, and typically does that kind of on the side or as an add-in for all of the other services that she does. And it's not a pulled away type of opportunity. So I want you to consider that, okay? So if we go into the realm of the health coach, as an example, because I know sometimes when we're talking about, again, things that impact us personally, it's a lot harder for us to really think about what is the value of that? At the time of this recording, um, we're going through some personal health issues with my family, with my daughter in particular. And so I want you to know that we value our time and our health because there is nothing in the world that would prevent me from doing what I need to do in order to help support my health, my daughter's health, and my family. And so when I think about that, the value of the doctors, the people that can provide us with solutions, with support, with access to be able to ask questions, to be able to give us customized approaches and modalities and different holistic ways to be able to navigate this health journey, I'm going to tell you that Money is not really top of mind. Now, please don't spam me with your uh, suggestions. We, we got it covered. We are more than uh, able to receive all of the things that people have already been sending our way. And I appreciate you if you have been reaching out and sending us your wishes, your prayers, your thoughts, and your resources. It is greatly appreciated. But I want you to hear that really and truly for your best clients, they want what you have. And money is not the main obstacle. It can be, again, we've talked about, sometimes they need to see the value, but it's also they have a budget. And here's the thing. If your client doesn't have a budget for what you are trying to deliver, they're not the best client for you because you have to do what's good for you, your family, your business, your priorities. And that requires a certain amount of income. And that's just the reality of how our world operates. So. You don't have to feel badly. 
just simply because you're not able to service them. There's somebody else in the world. There's more than enough of us to go around that can help that person at the level of, at which they are able to be helped because they have budget needs, because they have uh, value opportunity, because they have certain requirements around what it is that they're looking for as the main deliverable. And so today I want you to understand, right? That yes, the first time, maybe the first couple of times that you're doing something that's newer in your business, it could be a new service, a new product, a new type of client, a new opportunity, a new proposal. You don't even have to be new in your business for this to apply. When you do that, the first time out, it's going to be more of a learning experience. Document your process, keep track of your time, and look for ways that you can improve so that you can you know, simplify things for yourself. That's from an operational standpoint. But from a customer standpoint, I want you to know that sometimes you're just going to have to chalk it up as a learning. Sometimes you're just going to have to say, hey, some of these are not included. And that means that you have to develop your leadership capabilities. Sales is all about leadership. It's all about guiding. And it's all about showing up fully for your clients in your authority, your expertise to say, I know what you need. And right now, based on the conversation that we had, this is what we agreed upon. While I can do what you're requesting, it's going to require an additional investment of my time and your money. And at this point, they now have to decide, is it a requirement of what it is that they want to deliver and have you deliver to them? Or is it optional? And if it's required, then they need to understand there's an additional amount of investment that's required. But that starts with you, my friend. It has to start with you because you're in the driver's seat and you're the expertise and you are the one that knows how to do the things to get the deliverable over to your clients and your customers. And without you putting your foot down or drawing the line in the sand to say, here's what we agreed upon and here's what's not included, they will never know and they will never truly value the extra that you are putting in. And so I know that sometimes it's the hardest part of being able to actually service what we have just sold and now have to deliver, but it is extremely important so that you don't feel resentful in your business, so that you don't allow scope creep to take over, so that you're not being uh, undervalued and undercharging for the level of service the level of deliverables, the level of outcomes and results that you're ultimately providing to your clients. So with that, I hope this was helpful. If you need more specific help and expertise to dive in deep to questions just like this for your business where we can customize your plan, I'm inviting you to come and join my inner circle over at salesmasterysociety.com where you get my eyeballs as well as the community to help you to make sure that you don't get stuck so that you can bounce off these ideas, but also so that we can make sure that you don't get scope creep and that you are being the leader that you need to be in your business and making sure that you're getting the most out of the experience working with your clients. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you again in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.